Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by Health IQ, getting people lower rates on their life insurance by staying fit, and also by the Veris Foundation, making solutions on the blockchain to tackle hospital administrative costs. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today, Danny Amsalam is joining me in hosting this show, interviewing Carter Thomas of Coin Mastery. And Carter is very nice enough to come on the show and give everybody a 101 on trading. And what's a 101 on trading? He's gonna answer questions like, why trade instead of hold? And common mistakes new people make in trading, and many more questions. Enjoy this episode with Carter Thomas. We'll see you after the episode. But before we get into it and kick it off, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com. On the top in the nav bar, you can see contact us, send us an email, say what's up. Go to the support page, become a patron. Patrons are the backbone of this podcast. And also, please don't forget to go to iTunes and subscribe. We have, and I'll tell you the stats, 50% of the listeners are subscribed and the other 50% are not. By subscribing, you help out the podcast immensely and it keeps us in the top charts so people can see us and we're visible. So please go to iTunes and subscribe to us and leave us a rating or a comment. But without further ado, I really want to get into this conversation with Carter and enjoy and I'll see you in about 45 minutes. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron, and I'm here with Danny. Yeah, Matt. Thanks for having me back. No problem, Danny. And today we have the founder of Coin Mastery YouTube channel and podcast, also a guru in app development, Carter Thomas. Carter, welcome to Crypto 101. Thank you for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us on Crypto 101. If you could, could you just please tell everybody who you are? Sure. So I've been an entrepreneur for eight years now. It's kind of crazy to think about. And over those eight years, I've built a bunch of different businesses, mostly around emerging markets. One was in the app business. You said when we're talking privately, you made over a thousand apps for iPhone. Is that true? <laughs> a thousand uh, is a big number, true. man. It is a big number. <laughs> um, yeah, I've built about 1,600-ish apps over that tenure uh, across iOS, Android, Amazon, Windows, BlackBerry, the whole deal, and uh, sold five companies. And I've been investing in venture capital and also in crypto for about five years now and got pretty serious about crypto about a year and a half, give or take, ago, mm -hmm. and went pretty heavy on the content and on the trading uh, in 2017. And here we are. Right on. What were those companies? Five companies. That's a lot. I'm just trying to start my first one and I'm having a headache. I'm about to jump myself off of my <laughs> apartment building. Yeah, they were, uh, they were all app companies. They're all different app LLCs and portfolios and things like that. And it was a great run. Had a, had a lot of fun making them and got a lot of great experience selling them. Right on, right on. And now you have over 110,000 subscribers on YouTube. You have probably thousands of more listening on your podcast. And you trade and educate on trading for a living. 
Yeah, I, I was looking for content online and I couldn't find anything anywhere that was really talking about the stuff that I wanted to talk about, like macro issues and how people can get started, but also people that wanted to have more of a fast track and not get bogged down in the details. So having a background of writing thousands of blog posts and shooting hundreds of videos, I just said, all right, well, I'm going to go figure this out and put it on YouTube and see what happens. Yeah. And I started in the summer of uh, July of 2017 and we've had a couple million podcast downloads, which has been awesome and just like a really cool, terrific community. Most of my job is, is in the market and mm -hmm. the, my content is just to kind of showcase what I'm doing and what's interesting and help people out. But yeah, it's pretty much what I do now and I, I'm having a terrific time doing it and helping thousands of people, which is really what it's all about. You know, I, I kind of feel embarrassed that I asked you, tell people who you are, like people in the space don't know who you are yet. But I had to, you know, it's just a you know generic question that you, you ask on podcasts, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny. It's I've always uh, there was a guy. I don't know if you guys know much in the marketing world. A guy named Ryan Dice, really famous marketer, really great guy. And he once told me how when you get into new markets like this, you, you start to see the personalities go into different buckets and you start to see entertainment you start to see a bit of influencers and you start to see authorities and everyone kind of falls within different blends of that bucket. And I think what happens is that in crypto, there's just so many different types. I mean, there's people that watch TV shows that are about the breaking news. There's people that right. watch hardcore technical analysis. And so I think that even with whatever, 110,000 YouTube subscribers, I like to find things that nobody else is looking at. And I like to find ideas and also opportunities that some people may be missing. And I hope that that translates into profitable trading for people. And so that's really what I aspire to do is just break the mold, but also break it down so that people can take action on it. Excellent. So this is the perfect opportunity for Carter Thomas to give us a 101 on trading. Would you go down that rabbit hole with us? Let's do it. All right. Danny and I have been doing a seven-step guide, and we're running through it. This is actually jumping ahead a little bit to step six, trading crypto. And a lot of people come in, they go straight to Coinbase, they go straight to buying their first Bitcoin, and then they're holding, and then they say, now what? And we're going to go through this whole one-on-one -on -one process of trading. But the first question that is always on everybody's mind is, what is trading? It's in a literal sense, you're taking one thing and you're exchanging it for another, in this case, a coin. So if you have a Bitcoin or half a Bitcoin, you are exchanging it for, let's say, a hundred of some other coin. So you are going onto a marketplace and you are trading somebody else and saying, hey, I think that these are worth the exact same amount at this exact moment and trying to make it so that in the future, your asset appreciates and well, you know, who, who knows what happens to their asset, but you made a good trade in the sense that you're always accumulating assets that go up. I mean, that's the golden goose of trading. Right. And so as a trader, you are essentially constantly looking for ways to take the assets you have and trade them for assets that will appreciate faster or more efficiently than the ones you have currently. Okay. Good answer. Good definition. Actually, I learned something in that definition. There you go. <laughs> And uh, Carter, could you tell me, how do you really execute on these trades? I mean, I trade a little bit on Bittrex and a few other exchanges, but aren't there different platforms and software you can use? Yeah. And the thing about trading is that if you want to get into the weeds, you can get into the weeds with trading, which is good for some people and other people it can be overwhelming. So I think that there are different exchanges, right? So 
starting from the very top, let's say you, you go into Coinbase and let's say you buy $500 for the Bitcoin and you want to trade that for some other coins. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you got to go to what's called an exchange where they have what are called altcoins. Altcoins, short for alternative coins, that's really anything other than Bitcoin, Ethereum, maybe Litecoin, but really anything other than Bitcoin for, you know, generally speaking. Right. And so you'd go to something like Bittrex or Binance and you'd sign up for an account there and you would transfer your money in or your Bitcoin in and you would just start trading. I mean, you would, you would set your bid or you would say, hey, I'll buy this or I'll sell it for this or whatever it may be, and you can get going. Now, that's the mechanics of the actual execution. If you wanted to evaluate what you're going to trade, that's when you can get into things like TradingView, where you can look at the charts mm-hmm. and you can see what the price action's been doing. You can see what the volume looks like. And you can start to do your research and your analysis before you actually go over to the platform that you're going to execute the trade on. And so there's a few steps involved and there's a million ways you can slice that up, but that's really the process, you know, soup the nuts. Right on. So what's your daily driver? Are you, are you um, usually flipping around on Poloniex, Binance, or you're a Bittrex guy? I'm a little bit of everything. I think that one thing, especially about crypto, is that you really want to have redundancy. I think one thing that I really hold in very high regard is the security of your coins. because. Right. One of the blessings and the curses of cryptocurrency is that you are your own bank. So right. in the traditional markets, let's say you bought some Apple stock, you can leave it on your E-Trade account and it's secure. It's insured. You know, everything's that's protected. Right. If you know you leave your whatever coin on your Bitrex account, you could wake up tomorrow and the government decides, hey, this this is illegal or, or whatever, right? I'm you know, that's a kind of extreme example, but exchanges have gone away and you can lose your coins. And so the reason I say that is that I tend to trade on a longer time frame maybe Mm -hmm. weeks at a time or months at a time even, so that I don't have to leave a lot of them on the exchanges themselves. I can hold them, you know, in my own possession. And then you move them on to the exchange when you want to trade them. Right. Other people will leave them on the exchange. It's a little bit higher risk, but they can move a lot faster. They can do day trading or hour trading or whatever you want to do. But I think that comes down to the individual choice and risk tolerance and style of trading and what your goals are. Right. And actually, you mentioned a couple of things in there. Let's start going down that rabbit hole. What are different kinds of trades? What is the different kinds of trading styles or strategies? You said day trader or hour traders. And you're long term. You're saying there you're looking at months down the line. First, what are different styles of trading and how do you make that plan? How do you look a month or a week down the line to say, this is what my coin is going to do and this is how I'm going to execute it for the best possible outcome? Yeah. Well, when we find out that, let me know and we'll, we'll both uh, <laughs> go to the Virgin Islands and you know disappear with a billion dollars. But Puerto Rico for so me. I think, I, think, I think all the guys are going there now, right? Yeah, that's it. That's right. <laughs> so I think one of the first things about trading is it's truly just a series of probabilities. And you are gauging a risk-reward probability at all times based on what you like. And so I think that the shorter the time frame, the harder it is to move a lot of funds, right? There's just the market just isn't big enough where if you're looking at a one minute or a five minute candle, you can't move $50,000 or a hundred thousand or 10 million or whatever a a large amount of money is for somebody Right. versus on, you know, you go on the NASDAQ and there's 600 different options you can trade at one minute and make a million bucks. Right. (laughs) And so I think that you see a lot of people trading more on, let's say one hour or four hour windows in crypto Mm -hmm. purely because it's just very hard to make a lot of money because the volume is in there other than Bitcoin. Right. That's really the only coin that can sustain that sort of thing. And so I think when you get 
out to the daily or even the weekly, you can start to look at technical patterns and you can start to look at what's going on in the charts. And there's a, there's a lot of different kinds. We'll, we'll talk through a few different of the, of the most important or the ones that I look at the most, but you're really looking at what's happening in the charts. Maybe you have some news or you have something that's coming up like let's say the the coin is doing some huge presentation or let's say they are getting rebranded or they're releasing some new code or whatever you may trade against that news coming out for or against that event and then when you look at the longer term that's when you start to really dig in right let's say you meet the team at a conference or you read the white paper when it first comes out and you can accumulate a large amount of that coin before it has a lot of people trading and then in a month when more people find out about it you've already made your purchases way at the bottom and it goes way up and you can sell it there. So I tend to go on the longer term, especially when it's in a bull run, because it gives you more flexibility, gives you a higher probability. It's just that you get less chances, right? Like you get less swings of the bat and you just got to be a little more patient. Right, right. Which actually brings me to a question. Would you say that the long term is kind of the best time to trade? Just it gives people more of an opportunity I think so. I think that it's the the grill in the room with crypto is that it's I mean, everyone's just like it always goes up. You know, it, I mean, it's <laughs> always it, historically you can be a terrible trader and make the worst trade in the world. And if you wait long enough, you're going to make your money back. And that is a very precarious situation. And I know that I've fallen into that just as much as anyone else has. And so I think that we will see this market unfold and each coin will start to op operate individually more so than right now. It's kind of everything moves in a very similar fashion based on what Bitcoin does. Right. And so I think that if you believe in the coin and you have really good reason for buying and holding onto that coin, that is a good long-term strategy. The same way you'd buy and hold a stock in a company that you believed in. But just buying and holding because you think the market is going to always go up is that's eventually going to run out, right? Because not everything can succeed. This isn't trading advice, of course, but do you think that it's going to run out soon? I think that there's a lot of runway left, but I always come back to the fundamentals of people who, have, who know way more about trading than I do, who have been doing it for 20, 30 years. Right. And what they, what they all talk about is things like how the market, any market, is really designed to move money from a lot of people to a few people. Mm -hmm. Some people may say it goes from the impatient to the patient, but eventually it just moves money to certain people. And while I think that the market has huge upside potential, you know, not only cryptocurrency, but the whole, all the secondary markets that are going to come from cryptocurrency and decentralized ledgers and, and blockchain and everything else, I don't think everybody's going to win. Right. And I don't think it's going to be one of these things where, hey, everybody who bought a Bitcoin is going to be a millionaire because there's so much psychology that goes into that. Right. Like if you're holding on to an asset and then you see all these other assets that are getting 40 percent in a day, you're naturally like, well, maybe I'll take 10 percent of this Bitcoin and buy one of these altcoins because maybe that'll go up. And like that process just affects every person. Like nobody's immune to it. And uh, that's just what the market does. And it's really effective at it. So it, it's really about being disciplined and like as trite as it is, finding the great coins, finding the great companies and putting your money on them. You know, you touched right. on something amazing there. And I know Danny has a question for you right now about ascending and descending triangles and things like that of, you know, really getting into it a little bit. But we put out a podcast called 14 Stages of Emotions. And it's about the emotions you go through while you're trading. 
after we go through what Danny's going to ask you, can we touch on a little bit about those emotions? <laughs> because you, you, I think that was a, a great point you made. You know, it, it's you have to deal with it's a whole psychological game that you're playing with yourself. If you're not mm-hmm. right here, then you're going to go through so much crap by the time you try to get that Lambo, and you're not going to get to that moon with that Lambo. That's right, <laughs> Danny. That, that's that's the truth. Okay, so the question that I had for you was, as Matt stated, we've got all these different trading terms and predictions and indicators. People call them Fibonacci and head and shoulders and descending and ascending triangles. What are all these different terms and and what sort of technology does that describe? Well, it describes the patterns that you see on the chart. So for anybody who's brand new to trading, when you look at the chart of anything that's traded on a market, it goes up, it comes down, it goes up, it comes down. And everybody's seen a stock market chart at some point where, you know, up and to the right, that's all you really want to see at the end of the day, or in our case, parabolic. And what those terms refer to is What being does parabolic able to mean, dr- first, if you don't mind just defining that? Yeah. So parabolic means that it accelerates in how fast it's going up. So imagine... Got it. You like it looks like a wave almost, right? You know how it just starts to go straight up. It's really what parabolic means. So things like you know descending triangles or Fibonacci or head and shoulders. When you look at the chart, you can apply these tried and true patterns on top of the chart behavior to hopefully derive some logic from it. Meaning, if you see a coin go from one to fifty. You can draw what's called the Fibonacci retracement from the bottom point to the top point. And the distance between those retracement levels, it'll give you five lines that will automatically appear. And it'll show you where the price will probably come back to before it ramps up again. And these are just rules of nature and you know rules of charting that have been around for 50, 60, 70 years, even more than that probably, that are not perfect but they can at least give you an idea on what may happen next, on what may be a good time to trade, what may be a good time to sell, things like that. So it can be really helpful at just understanding what's going on so that you can make a better guess about what's going to happen in the future. So we've got this guy, his name is Johnny. That's basically your entry-level trader or entry-level crypto guy, right? And Mm -hmm. if you were explaining this to Johnny, he might have a question on, does it matter what time frame you're looking at when you're using these kind of indicators? The rule is the the longer the time frame you look at, the more accurate the indicator is gonna be. So if you're looking at it on 12 hours and you're you're slicing it by five-minute increments, that's not going to hold very much weight over a, a month-long window. Right. But if you're looking at daily candles over a couple of months, that's probably going to be a pretty good trend. You're going to be able to glean pretty good conclusions from that. So what kind of percentage success rate do you think Johnny could expect if he's looking at a long-term daily candle over over a long period of time? Danny, that's a good question. And I want to add to that question. Just let's, let's take an example. Let's take like, um, I don't know, an ascending triangle, right? So you have an ascending triangle and it predicts which way it's going to pop out and break out of that triangle, that wedge. What is the percent that you know which way it's going to go? Are we betting 50-50, 60-40? Johnny's, Johnny's confused. Yeah, I think that that's a harder number to put on versus over the long term. How many trades is Johnny going to get right over his year, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at traditional trading markets, equities, forex, commodities, everything that's, you know, mostly traders, you're looking at people that do it professionally, meaning like it, enough that they're paying their, their salaries and everything else, right. between 5 and 10%. But that being said, that's a shark tank. I mean, that is as competitive as competitive gets. 
But if you do well in that market, you can make an enormous amount of money. So it's kind of like the people that win do win really well. So in crypto, it's actually a little bit, in my opinion right now, I think it's probably closer to 25, 30% of people who enter as traders can do a lot of research. They can apply rules of trading because you can also do a lot of things like fundamental analysis where you can you can meet the team. You can email these developers and find out what they're doing. And that can go into how you analyze your charts. And so when you look at your batting average over the course of six or 12 months, there's a lot more you can do with a coin that's got five developers than if you're trying to analyze Tesla. Right. And you all there's also not derivatives. There's there's not options. There's not millions of different instruments that are working into crypto yet. And so it's a little bit of a simpler discipline. Now, I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that anybody could just wake up and, you know, it's all going to work out. But I do think that you have a better chance at controlling what you want to happen because there's less factors at play in the charts, loosely speaking, in crypto. Nice. You know, I've seen so many different people giving trading advice. You can find them in Twitter. You can find them in Telegram. What do you think about all these guys offering trading advice or, or technical analysis information? I think some of them are, are really smart. And I think some of them are really good. And I think some of them are just complete idiots. And I think that <laughs> it's... How do you know which one's which? I, because every, every time I look at Twitter, it looks like John Madden just you know was going off on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, I think the first thing you, you got to do is you know, look at their track record. That's always the, the, the first place to start where you just, hey, you got that one right. Maybe I'll follow you for a few weeks and see what else I can learn. And the second piece of that is you never want to be following somebody for their conclusions. You want to follow them for their ideas and you want to see how they came up with that conclusion. So if they're, if they're coming out and saying, hey, look at this Fibonacci retracement and this is where I'm going to set my bid orders, now I have reassurance on where I should buy. But what the real value is, is, okay, why did that person put in that particular indicator? Why did they choose these two points, right? That's the information that you really want to get out of it. And going back to what we talked about earlier, I'm very skeptical of anybody who gives trading advice that has not gone through severe bull markets, whether they be in cryptocurrency or outside of cryptocurrency. And even myself, I keep it pretty simple because I take very fundamental principles of support and resistance. I'm like, this is what I do. This is all I focus on. I don't get too complicated about anything. And I think that that's a huge piece of it is when people tr are trying to make it look really complicated, that's typically when you want to mute them or whatever. You said Fibonacci retracement. What is that? Well, Fibonacci retracement. What is, is Fibonacci? A, Who is this guy? Is he Italian? Yeah, he's a, it's a map. He's a mathematician, and he created a sequence of numbers where if you take the number, it starts with one, and then it goes to one, and then it adds it to the number that was before it. So it goes one, one, <laughs> three, five. So anyway, you can take one, it, you add one, then it goes back to one. Gotcha. Clear. It's yeah. Super long clear. story short is that it, he created a pattern that's not exponential. It's just based on this weird relationship he found in, in nature. And in trading, the Fibonacci retracement is based on levels that come from that mathematical sequence. Because the thesis being that trading charts are the purest form of human nature. And because of that, they will retrace the exact same way that other things in the world retrace, the same way waves in the ocean will retrace on the same levels. You can look at everything that happened in the same way. And it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, it, the same things happen in, you know, cryptocurrency markets. So mm -hmm. that's what it's all based on. 
Uh, and the idea is when something goes way up or has a huge run, it's going to come back. People are going to take profits and sell off. So that retracement will give you an idea of what levels it'll probably start to go back up at. Do you think that it's harder to trade in a bull or a bear market? It's way harder to trade in a bear market for sure. Just because you don't have as many options and the probabilities go down. Hmm. That being said, if you can trade in a bear market and you know how to effectively short, you can make a killing because, you know, your competitions can be pretty, pretty weak at that point. And if you get it right, I mean, you can pretty much pick whatever you want to be doing. But overall, trading bull markets tends to be a better, higher probability um, game to play. You know, I've, I totally flopped cha- trading in a bull market and I cashed out trading in a bear market. Maybe I'm just more of a bear trader because I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little skittish. So I, I tend to sell. <laughs> and then when I, when, then when I, when I sell and it goes down, I'm happy. But if I, if I sell and it goes up in a bull, then I'm just, you know, kind of depressed and I go out and drink or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that like the other big piece of trading is position sizing, right? I think mm-hmm. one thing I c- come across a lot is people that as they, as they call uh, analysis paralysis, and they're like, All right, I got a thousand bucks. When do I buy in? What, you know, is this the bottom? Is this the right time? Mm. And I always say to them, well, just take 10% of whatever you have and just go buy some right now and just get over the idea of like everything has to be the exact right time or whatever it may be. Right. And uh, that helps a lot. And same with any sort of position sizing on a bull or bear market, playing with smaller amounts of money or, or smaller percentages of your portfolio really can help alleviate a lot of that FOMO or that stress or whatever you want to call it. And now a word from our sponsor. Yo, yo, this is Matthew Aaron. And a couple of things you guys probably don't know about me is one, I'm a vegetarian. And two, I wake up every morning at 6.30, go for a run and hit the gym. That's every day besides Sunday. Sunday's my pizza day. And did you know that an overall healthy lifestyle is associated with 57 to 60% lower risk of cardiovascular disease and that lifting weights reduces the risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and arthritis? Well, today's sponsor, Health IQ, knows this, and they're an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. If this sounds good to you, go to healthiq.com crypto and put in our promo code, crypto. That's healthiq.com slash crypto, promo code crypto, and they'll help you out and see if you qualify for lower rates on your life insurance. And now a word from our sponsor, the Vares Foundation. When you visit a doctor or hospital, the total administrative expenses of getting paid for the services they provide is around 60 billion US dollars a year. This is called the claims process. This expense is due to insurers and physicians not trusting each other and keeping duplicate records and systems and providing no transparency in the process. Blockchains are most capable of solving these kinds of problems, problems that include trust, transparency, and transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. 
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the need for keeping good records. The Veris Foundation is a U.S.-based nonprofit with a team consisting of more than 200 years of experience in all aspects of the claims process and in the process of deploying smart contracts to support these claims processes. The Veris Foundation's pre-sale begins March 19th with a 20% bonus and full crowd sale begins April 2nd. So visit VerisFoundation.com, that's V-E-R-I-S Foundation.com for more information and or to register for the pre-sale. Now, back to the show. You know, I think this is a good time to talk about those emotions. You said FOMO, you said stress, you said alleviate, you said use small portions of your position. What are some of the emotions that you might go through and how have you managed those emotions? For example, I, I'm going to just read out a couple of the emotions that I have on the 14 stages of emotions real quick. So the first stage is optimism. Then it goes to excitement, thrill, euphoria, anxiety, denial, fear. Desperation, panic, capitulation, despondency, desperation, hope, and relief as you're going through this market. Have you felt those? Do you, do, first of all, do you think that's a good list? Second of all, have you felt those? And how have you combated those emotions through your trading? Yeah, the, the answer is I've definitely felt most of those. I've never felt real despair or anything like that. And the big reason why is because I never put in an, enough money into crypto where if, if everything went to zero, I'd be like really screwed or really in, in a lot of trouble. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a big piece. That's the kind of thing where a lot of people will say, hey, you know, only put in 20% of your investment when in reality, putting in like 90%. And right. people can do what they want, but I, I did follow that. I was like, I'm not going to go crazy on this. So I think that helps you with the ability for it to all go to zero and truly be okay with it. That's did a you big ever part of it. have some FOMO because you didn't put in that 90? Oh, dude, every day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I mean, I look back and I'm like, why did I not just don't like stay up at night by, you know, working 
24-7 to buy Bitcoin in 2013. Like, what was I doing? So I totally get it. And even today, right? I mean, it's it's so tempting to just be able to go all in someday. But I know that it's going to stress me out way too much. And it's not smart. It's still mm-hmm. way too risky. The other big piece, which I think a lot of people skip because it's not necessarily interesting to them, is understanding what they're buying. I think that educating oneself on blockchain, on crypto, and on the actual coins that you're buying, that can make a huge difference. So that if it does go down 20% or 30% or 80% or whatever it may be, you still understand why you're in it. Why are you going to hold on to it? Why are you going to stay positive through this? Right. Because otherwise you're going to be like, what am I buying this code for? I can't even touch these Bitcoins. What the hell is this thing? You know, like that's kind of typically what happens with a lot of people. And so I think having that foundation is a huge, huge piece of it. Taking that a step further, you have to have rules. You have to have personal rules and you have to sometimes even surround yourself with other people that will help you reinforce those rules. For the first, I would say, year, I wrote down every single day what I traded, how I felt about it, what I felt like I missed, what I did right, what I did wrong. You know, a couple sentences here and there. That made a huge difference because I started to see patterns in my own behavior. And I started to realize that, hey, you know, kind of like what you were saying before about missing out is worse than going down. It, it, the same sort of thing. You just you start to see these unfold. So I think just being honest about that and writing it down and, you know, no one has to see it, but you can you can see it for yourself and you can start to make rules. So you start to say, when this goes up 30 percent, I'm selling 50 percent of this. Right. That, that's it. That's the end of the game. Like that's that's my rule. Similarly, if this goes down 20 percent, I'm out and that's it. And so being able to establish those parameters makes a huge difference. And it's kind of a weight off your shoulders as well. Right. I I kept a journal for a long time myself. And then I just, uh, after reviewing my journal, I I realized I was an idiot. So I'm just a holder now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, trading for some people and some people it's not. Do you recommend trading over holding? Uh, no, over Thanksgiving when if, I got yeah. If Johnny my, had his five hundred bucks and, yeah. he, and he's going to buy his Bitcoin, would you say Johnny just go go trade some alts, or would you say man just hold on to that damn Bitcoin, Johnny? Don't be an idiot. I would yeah. I would say buy that Bitcoin, um, <laughs> put it in a safe, and call me in five years. Typically, right for most people, for all the, the reasons we talked about. At the same time. There's a lot of volatility in volatile markets that many people don't understand about investment theory. So when you talk to any anyone in a hedge fund or anyone in a venture capital fund, private equity, all they care about is alpha and beta returns. And when you look at what's going to get you that alpha return, which is kind of the overall return of the asset that you're in, if it goes down 10%, it's got to make up 20% to get back to where you want to be. Right. And so as a holder... If you're holding on all the way to the bottom, it's got to go up twice as much percentage-wise just to get back to wherever you bought in. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, we're experiencing that now in crypto with you know a big pullback and you know people are just saying, all right, well, I'm just going to hold all the way through, which is totally fine. There's tax implications and psychological implications. Right. But if it goes down 80%, it's got to go up 160% now, <laughs> you know, or 200% just to get back to where we want it to be. Bro, you're freaking and me that out, makes, dude. I'm a holder. You're freaking me out, man. It, um, you know, it's just like, it's, <laughs> it's part of the game, right? Where you can have a new entry, but you just got to know that going into it. Right, right. And you said you kept a journal though, but you didn't touch on how you deal with your emotions. 
Because remember, we're going through emotions of trading, we're going through emotions of holding, we're going through the emotions of going down 80% and going trying to get back up 160%, um, which is, you know, a big number. How do you deal with this? Are you a meditator? Uh, chamomile tea with honey? <laughs> I definitely exercise every day. That's a mm. huge piece of it. Um, High five. So, you know, you got to do that. I think the other big piece is you have to find people to connect with. Mm -hmm. And that can be, you know, online. It, I mean, it usually is online, to be perfectly honest. It can be at events, it can be at conferences, whatever. But having a group of people or even couple, like two or three people that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can get a pulse on what, what's going on, that makes all the difference. Even if you don't say, hey, I, I made a dumb mistake or hey, I crushed it or whatever, it just it, it gets it out of your head. And that's super helpful. And I think a lot of people resist me to people because there's no crypto group dot com where you go and press a button and you're in this amazing group of amazing people. It just doesn't really work like that. Uh, and that this is the fifth crypto one oh one Facebook group. <laughs> well, there you go. Or, or, or the coin mastery group. There you go. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> there, you can meet the people and then, you know, you be proactive about it. But that makes a huge difference. I think the, the final thing is that you need to be able to close your computer down. A lot of the same thing happens in gambling. The biggest problem is that people just can't leave the table mm. and they don't, know how to, they don't know how to physically get up and walk away. And with trading, I think it's really important to have dedicated space where you're doing your trading or, or you're doing your investing or whatever it is, but you got to be able to walk away right. and be able to turn around and say, that's done, all right, I'm going back home or I'm going out of, my, out of this office or whatever it may be. That makes a huge difference and not tinker with it at night and, you know, start to read different tweets online and get, get fired up about a new idea or something. You know, you touched on a few things there that I would consider beginner mistakes, newbie mistakes. What are some other rules of thumb that you would suggest beginners follow common sense things, for example, keeping a journal that all beginners should do? The first thing I would tell anybody getting started who wants to be into crypto part time or full time, get in slow. Some people call it dollar cost averaging, whatever you want to call it. Just buy your way into the market. Don't just go all in with your, you know, you got $10,000. Don't just buy $10,000 worth of crypto. Buy $1,000 each week for 10 weeks. Get used to it. Notice how you feel about this, how you can react, do your research, whatever it may be. So I think that's the first big one is getting in really, really quickly. I think the second one is a little bit harder to convince people of. The name of the game is not making money. The name of the game is not losing money. And the more you go in thinking to yourself, my number one goal is not to turn 10,000 into 100. It's to make sure that 10,000 doesn't turn into eight. If you go in with that mentality, it's a very different mindset that can lead to much better research, much better decisions. Mm. You're much more calculated when you do make decisions. But it's, it's a lot less glamorous. And when you're just getting started, I think... That's the kind of thing that can make a huge difference over the long term, because I personally believe crypto is going to go up a ton, right? Like, like all the capital markets over the long enough time frame, it will go up. Right. But if you lose money along the way, it's hard to compound that uh, over the long term. And I think the last thing I would tell people, which is the hardest thing, is that the deals are going to come. The home runs right. that everybody wants, they will come if you wait for them. And right. you got to, you know, you got to do your research, you got to got to do it all. But it should never feel like you're forcing it. The trades that have made me disproportionate gains, like huge amounts, are the ones that when I was buying it, I was a little nervous. But I remember thinking to myself, man, this is this is a I am going to nail this one. And <laughs> it, it worked out. And there's only three, maybe four of those. But those are the ones that, right. that they were, like they were big. 
you know, and the ones where I was like, okay, today I'm fired up and I want to do a trade and you kind of hunt it down. It just doesn't really work out. So I would tell anybody, be more patient, wait for it to come. It will show itself. In baseball, there's a fence. When you hit a home run, you know you hit a home run because the ball goes over the fence and you go, I won. And you run around the bases and you give high fives to your team. There's no fence in crypto. When do you know your ball crossed that fence? I think it's a really good question. I always ask people, someone might say to me, hey, well, when I cash out or when you cash out, it's going to be great. We're all going to be retired. And I always say, well, what are you cashing out to? Right. If this is just about U.S. dollars or euros or Australian dollars or yen or wherever you are, that's fine. But define what that number is. And more importantly, define what that number is going to get you. Right. Because if you don't know what it is that that looks like, that's a whole Tony Robbins book in itself right there. Right. And I'm not trying to downplay that. It's just a very, very important piece of it. No, absolutely. But I think I think for myself, a home run is when you can grow your stack of in my case, Bitcoin, right? How many more Bitcoin can I trade into? How, how big can I get that stack? And that really just comes down to putting a number down. Right. You have to just say, here's the goal. Here's what I'm going for. And no one's going to tell you that one's a home run and one's not, except for you. And I think you just need to define that number yourself. Well, but I, I guess, I, I guess, but it's kind of like, okay, for example, Johnny. Johnny bought Litecoin at like, you know, $15, then a lot more at $30. And, and, and so he has a, he has $30 Litecoin right now just hanging out. And Litecoin's at 200 and something dollars today. Did Johnny hit the home run and he should just, you know, go go buy his Lambo? Or do you think that ball should be, is going to be traveling more? And when does Johnny know? I mean, look, it looks like the ball traveled far, but can he run around those bases with how far this ball traveled? Yeah. Well, what I would tell Johnny is, is that <laughs> if that Litecoin went from 250 to $5 tomorrow, how would that feel? And if it's more than being bombed out for like a week, then you should sell. Like if it's, it's like a core emotional thing that you're holding, if it's an identity thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. Then you should, you should totally sell and enjoy it and then wait for the next big one. Johnny would be pissed. Um, I can tell you Johnny would be pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And that may be, but I think that different people handle risk differently. Right. And I've seen people just get crushed emotionally and like psychologically because they, they lost, they bought at the top and it went down. They just didn't know, they didn't plan for it. I think the other thing I would ask Johnny, why is he banking his future on this trade? Like, why isn't he starting a side business? Why isn't he doing other things that he can control that could right. still get him all that money? Like, why does it have to be a very risky bet? Because that's really what it is right now is speculation. And that's the real question is like, why are you willing to let all of that ride and not do the other thing? And that becomes a very interesting conversation for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's why you see so many pundits out on, you know, not only on CNBC, but just people all over the spectrum that are like, oh, crypto's BS. It's all just gamblers and whatever else. Because a lot of them, they understand that it's hard for your future to be defined on something that you don't control. Right. Very hard. Right. You know, would you say trading is for everyone? Can Johnny participate in this using one of those crypto bots or following you, following all these different advisors? How would you say this works for everyone out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer that anybody could totally crush it in crypto. No questions asked. I do think, though, that the fundamental rules of competition work no matter where you are. And when there is money to be made you're going to make as much money as your relative position in that hierarchy of competition. 
So if Johnny wants to make a million, 10 million, 20, like if they want to make whatever they want to make, that's fine. But they need to beat everybody else that wants to make that amount of money, money too. And if he wants to go be that competitor, this is an amazing place to do it. Is this the kind of thing where you could just walk in and turn on some auto trader bot and make a hundred extra money in two years? Probably not mm. because that's what everybody's going to do, right? It's right. called BitConnect. It doesn't work. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I think that it's more about, I, I always like to say that the money is in what people are not willing to do or what people won't do. And as long as you are willing to do the things or can outperform the other people for anything and there's money to be made, like you'll make it. That, that's a great point. Like what would be a pro tip, something that you might do that the average Johnny or Joe might not be doing? I think people would be surprised at how much I put into networking. I think that they would assume that I'm looking at charts a couple hours a day, reading some news and whatever. I spend most of my time either on the phone or in chat rooms or going to events or conferences or whatever else it may be, trying to find people that have an edge that I do not have and helping them in some way so that I can become part of their network and they become, become part of my network and vice versa. Right. Because you only need one. Like you need one monster hit. Like Mark Cuban always says that, right? You just need one home run. And by networking, you, you dramatically increase your odds. Whereas if I'm looking at the charts, you better believe that there's 200,000 other dudes who look just like me that are staring at computers looking at the exact same chart. And, you know, maybe I'm better than 80% of them. Who knows? But that's still not enough to be a, a home run. Versus if you build a network of people and you continuously improve that network, that is something that puts you in the top 1% of the community. So I think that that's something that a lot of people miss. They think they go to a conference, they meet someone, they give them their business card. They're like, hey, it's nice to meet you. We should stay in touch. Like you really got to build those relationships. You right. really got to dive in. Right. Nice. You've met, you've met a lot of people in the crypto space. And who's, who's one person that left a long impact on you? Who do you think is somebody that you look up to or admire? Or maybe you're going through those emotions right now, even after you, so many years of trading. Who, who, who's on your speed dial? Who are you calling? Who are you going to say, yo, bro, I need some help? Or wish list speed dial. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, wish list speed dial would probably be um, Ray Dalio, manages the biggest hedge fund in the world. Meeting that kind of a person, I've never met Ray Dalio or anything, but well, he listens he to the podcast, the kind of so he might hook, hit up you up after this. There we go. Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hit me up, man. Um, but I really like I just love how much thought he puts into decision making. Mm. And I think that that's really the kind of person that I want to be around the most is not like the trades are going to be are going to come. They'll be trading available for the next hundred years. Doesn't matter what the market is. Right. The hard part is being able to qualify your own decisions so that you can make really good decisions consistently. Right. And so I think that, you know, someone like that or anybody who's probably older than the age of 65 to 70, those are the kind of people that I want to be talking to mm. because they don't care about crypto. They don't care about the noise. They don't care about the like all the news cycles and all the details. They're like, I've traded every market in the world here's what's going on. Here's how you should think about this. Here's how you can make decisions. That's the kind of stuff that I'm really interested in because I know that that's how historically the big wins are made. I mean, when you, when you want to be in the business for 20, 30 years, not when one trades is going to be your big one. And that's it. 
how do you tell that you're making a bad decision? You said you, you, you said that you have to be able to qualify and quantify these good decisions and rational decisions that you're making. What's something that, I don't know, I, if, if I know I'm going to make a de- bad decision, for me, it's just a gut feeling. Oh, I know this is, this is, but what are you looking for? What's that first light bulb over your head that says, hey, this is bad? Well, you can, you can quantify it by price. Where, you know, if it, if it goes down 10% after you've made your trade, that was a bad decision. Like, even if it, en- <laughs> even if it ends up going up, like, you know, 100% a month later, you can quantify it pretty quickly uh, based on that. So you can set up rules and stop losses in that sense. Right. I also think that, you know, George Soros famously created the theory of reflexivity, which is that the masses and the market as a whole tend to self-perpetuate themselves on the up and the down cycles. That's what creates manias and creates crashes and all these sort of things. And I think that that's been interesting in crypto where whenever I'm trying to find the big one, like a big home run decision, if a lot of other people are doing the same thing, it's not going to be a home run. You know, they, they say the trend is your friend in trading. So if, if you were looking to kind of ride the wave of what everyone else is riding, it, it's a good idea often to trade what everyone else is trading right. and you can, you know, do it. But if you want to go big, you got to be going against what everybody else is doing if you want to have a huge win. You got to be a contrarian in that sense. Mm. And so I think that that's another way to gauge it when people are like, dude, this is crazy. There's no way this is going to work. And they, they don't have a good reason. I mean, it's one thing if like they can prove to you that something doesn't exist, that that's a problem. But if they just don't like it or they're like, yeah, that's boring. I don't think so. Or no, you know, that that's when I get interested. Mm. That's when I start to really dig into something. Right. What's like one of the stupidest things you've heard somebody do? I know you get a lot of like fan mail or emails and maybe some like, dude, help me out, man. Panic mode. I just did this. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, I mean, well, if, if I mean, you I've say, had, I mean, the only I, person that's going to know that, that, that they're the idiot is the person that wrote the email. So it's pretty safe. But who, yeah. <laughs> what, what does this email say? I mean, I can tell you, I, multiple people have emailed me and told me they mortgaged their house for crypto. Stop. No. Um, yeah. And like, they, uh, they're very lucky that most of them did it between like September and December. Ooh. So if they bought Bitcoin, like, hopefully. They they, there were some altcoins in there and like they at least broke even or whatever. But that's typically the dumbest stuff I see is, is over leverage mm-hmm. or people just getting getting really wide eyed about the stories they hear about the potential of what this could do for them, for their lives, for their families. So what do you email back? And he says, hey, man, I, I was watching your videos and I just mortgaged my house. And you're just like, what do you what do you even write back? Do you even put it regards at the end of it or yeah. regards to- Thomas? Uh, or Carter. Yeah, I typically write back and I say, "Listen, this is your life, and you know you you can make the decisions. Realize that this is an extremely speculative market, and you know just just make sure you're having this conversation with the people that'll be impacted, other than you, no matter what goes up or down." And I kind of leave it at that. I, I I really try not to get preachy about anything. I certainly don't want to ever give, give people advice about financial stuff. But at some point, I'm like, "What do you do?" Like. Are you are you serious? Like that's crazy. But you know, then they write me back in like two months. We're like, oh, dude, I tripled my money. I'm 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 retired, and I'm like, oh god, that's the worst thing. Now you're gonna put all your new money on like some new lotto ticket and go from there. So nice. So as we're kind of wrapping up with our last couple questions here, what is one company you think is going to have the greatest impact on the crypto space? Whether that's in terms of technology or knowledge, enlightenment, or Lambos, or Lambos. Lambos. <laughs> um, 
That's a good question. I personally don't think that we've seen it yet. Uh, I think that we'll see something emerge that's going to be a really big deal. And whether or not it's already out there, I don't know. But there's something that's going to come that's going to be huge. I think that the banking industry, not like currency, I'm talking more like, you know, settlement layers, uh, transferring banks. So if I had to wire money to somebody, you can't do it on the weekends. It costs 30 bucks. Or, I mean, it's, it's the most ridiculous process in the world. Someone's going to intermediate that. And that's going to be a very, very big deal. Right. Uh, similarly, somebody is going to figure out how to create middleware between the greater world and cryptocurrency, blockchain, hyperledger, whatever you want to call it, and connect those two worlds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the companies are, are out there yet, but they will be. And uh, and when they are, you're buying the ICO. And when I, I'm going to, yeah, I'll mortgage my house. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think that that's exciting. I think that it really comes down to solving problems. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, you, you guys probably see this too. Like you go through coin market cap and you look through hundreds of coins. Yeah. And you're like, what the heck? This is a this isn't even a problem. You're just making up a problem to solve. Yeah. <laughs> this is not something that one cares about. Yeah. And I think that the more we, we solve very lucrative problems for big businesses, corporations, that's going to be the biggest use of blockchain in the next year to three years. We usually ask, you know, if this was the first podcast, you know, somebody heard and you wanted to, you know, what would you tell them? But you've told everybody so much that there's a lot of firsts in here. So I think we're just going to stop there and say, Carter, thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Really great having you here. Uh, a lot of knowledge. I, I've been trading lightly for about a year, and I definitely learned something listening to you. What are the different mediums that people can find you at? You have a YouTube, you have a podcast, you have all kinds of things going on. Yeah. So the best, the three things to do first, youtube.com forward slash coin mastery, go there and subscribe. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Carter Thomas, go check that out. And then if you go to coinmastery.com forward slash invest, you can get an ebook that's about that dollar cost averaging that we talked about. And then it's just like a series of emails where it's all just free information, especially for beginners. Like, hey, here's how you can structure your portfolio. Here's how you get started. Everything like that. So uh, people have found that really helpful. Right on. Carter, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. My pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Had amazing knowledge in there from Carter. Carter, thank you very much for coming on the show. This isn't investing advice, even though we just did a whole episode on trading. (laughs) How does that even work? I hope you're taking notes because I think it was very valuable information. Before we go, please go to Crypto101podcast.com. The tax season is here. It's almost up. Click that button that says tax. You get $101 off crypto tax tax preparation. Say that four times fast. They will help you do your crypto taxes and your normal taxes. And also ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E Crypto.com. The best place to check real-time prices. And Zillica just went on Binance today. So I'm excited about that. Very excited. Anyway, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode of Crypto 101.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.